0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lagunitas Brewing Company, challenging the status quo and crafting stories along the way. Featuring a wide range of innovative craft brews and non-alcoholic options, it's good to have friends. Learn more at Laganitas.com.
1: Hey there, we're going to run an encore episode of Alt Latino this week so that we can take a quick break and also dig deeper into planning for the rest of the summer. You know, I recently saw a documentary about the iconic Latina actress Rita Moreno, and it reminded me of a fabulous conversation we had three years ago. So enjoy your holiday week and enjoy this bit of Rita Moreno from your pals at Alt Latino. But first, this.
0: Three years ago, a man with a grudge murdered five people at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Maryland. And now, finally, his trial has started. What we wanted to know was how did the staff who survived the shooting keep going? Find out in our Capital Gazette series from NPR's Embedded Podcast. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino, and I'm Rita Moreno. Yes, that
1: Rita Moreno, the one and only Rita Moreno, is here with me in NPR Studios in New York, and I want to thank her for being on Alt Latino. We're honored to say that this is her second appearance on the show. Rita, welcome.
0: And it's not going to be the last, I'll bet you.
1: We're so honored for your second appearance on the show. That's right. Last time you were here, you had just released an album,
0: Oh, that's right. Una vez más. Right.
1: Right. And now you're here with the second season of a new Netflix series. And, you know, I think people would be okay if you decided to take it easy now and not work so hard. No way. No, no,
0: no, no, no. (laughs) Listen, you know, it's the difference between not liking what you do and loving what you do. I love what I do. If somebody took this away from me now, I would be heartbroken. I love what I do.
1: It shows. Good. show. So we're glad to have you here to talk about it. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Netflix series One Day at a Time. It's a remake of a sitcom that ran from 1975 to 1984, and it was a story of a divorced mom raising two teenage daughters. It has been reset with a Cuban-American family, a divorced mom, a teenage son, and a teenage daughter, and Lydia, or Abuelita. And that is your character on the show.
0: And I adore her. She is so big. <laughs> A big is my middle name. Rita Big Moreno. <laughs> no, but I love playing her. I mean, you know, I, I get the accent from my mommy, pero the rest of it is really, the, truly, the invention of these astonishing writers, one of whom is Cuban, and that's uh, Gloria calderon Callet from uh, How I Met Your Mother. And the other one is Mike Royce from um, Everybody Loves Raymond. So we have two f- fantastic writers plus a spectacular producer,
1: Norman Lear. A legendary producer.
0: Legendary, and who, you know, this show on CBS uh, ran for nine years right. with with an all-white cast and a wonderful, funny show about a you know, divorced woman. Well, you can describe it best, a divorced woman with trying to bring up two to teenage kids, but now it's a Cuban American woman, with a Cuban uh, mommy who came from Cuba, who is not the easiest person <laughs> in the world. But that's what makes her so funny.
1: Well, you know, the character I think is the is the comedic and heart and soul of the show,
0: Lydia. Yes, Lydia. Uh-huh.
1: I think that uh, th- everything coalesces around her in a way, like some of the storylines. But principally, the spirit and the, t- the togetherness of the family. And I'm wondering like, how much of an input do you have in the character development and some of the lines that you have in the show?
0: I have to honestly say, I would love to say that I make up some of those lines, but no, they're not mine. They belong, belong to the writer's room somewhere up there in the ether where these, these strange <laughs> people reside. It's very much them. Uh, once in a while, I come up with things like, holy caca, that woman <laughs> is really very ugly. But <laughs> that's mine. But, you know, really most of the time, it's them. They, they understand this character. But the one thing that comes strictly from me is that when I was first asked to do the part of Lydia. Uh, I had, I remember having a conference call with Norman Lear, the producer, and, and, and Gloria and Mike, the head writers, and I said, I, well, I have one request, and if that can't be met, I'm not sure that I want to do this. So I got them a little nervous, which was not intentional, and I, I said, um, I, want, I know she's 77 years old, but I want her to be a sexual being. And both of the writers whooped Oh great, we love that. And boy have they taken advantage of that. Yes. She's shameless. <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean she <laughs> she flirts with her, her daughter's boyfriend. She's shameless, absolutely shameless. But I love that about her. I love that about her because it reminds people that simply because people are old or older actually I'm really eighty six. Play, in real life. Playing 70, in, in real life. Wow. I'm playing 77. It's wonderful to remind people that you don't just suddenly turn to dust because you can no longer conceive. Sure. You're still a sensual person and I love playing that part of her. And here's the, the delicious part of it, the younger people love that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Obviously the older people do, yeah, because they're identifying. But not the younger people. I mean, I'm when I say younger, I'm talking 16, really? 19, 20. They love that part of Lydia, the character I play. They adore it. they laugh so hard because she is so um, she's so blunt. <laughs> God knows. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what I, what we've done is uh, Netflix has sent over some clips. Uh-huh. And what oh, I'm gonna great. do what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna play some random clips and and each clip I think touches on a different theme that I have a list of questions for. Uh-huh. So we're gonna play the clip and then uh,
0: we'll talk, talk about a, that. Yeah. Okay. This is so good. Did you help cook this talk? As a matter of fact, I did. Your mom and I we work well together. We're like two peas in a pod. Jessie was fun. It was like cooking with one of my sisters.
1: Just the comparison I was hoping for.
0: <laughs>
1: I wish I could cook, but...
0: Uh... Oh, no, you're too busy being a real man. <laughs> <laughs> She's terrible. She's just... You know what's interesting about my character, Lydia? That it's the negatives about her that are so funny. Normally, you know, the negatives about a character make you dislike them and hate them. And, and uh, while people may not agree with her, they love her. Right. They love her directness and her bluntness. I love it.
1: She, and in that case, and in that scene, I think we need to mention that uh, you're sitting around the dinner table. You're having dinner with guests. Right. Uh, one and of the which boyfriend,
0: is, the new boyfriend. The new boyfriend. Is very handsome, very handsome.
1: The new boyfriend of, of the mom in the series. Right. Um, he was basically a hunk. Oh, yeah. okay, absolutely! Yeah.
0: And you know, as if that weren't bad enough, he looks like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I mean, give me yeah. a break. He really does, but yeah. he's huge. He's, he's big, big. He's about yeah. I don't know six something. Important. And that was the. <laughs> and you know when she first sees him, and <laughs> and and uh, and Penelope says uh, in the same same episode, she says, "He's my new friend, my new boyfriend." And I say, oh, "He is a stallion." <laughs> I mean. <Yeah. laughs> That's, I mean, how would you feel if your your mother was saying that?
1: (laughs) Let's talk about the rest of the cast. Because I just think it's... Aren't they fabulous? They're they're amazing. They're superb.
0: I've never seen such chemistry between a cast. Uh, Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, You know, of course, uh, uh, All in the Family. Sure. And, uh, you know, other great shows, Maud. But, man, that chemistry happened instantly the day we read the script aloud for the first time and had never met each other. It sounded then the way it sounds now. is that amazing?
1: Why don't you introduce each, each uh, actor and, okay. uh, and character?
0: The, the young man, Todd Grinnell, who plays uh, Schneider, whom, of course, uh, is a very difficult name for Lydia to pronounce. She calls him Schneider. But it's always with her, hello, it's Nye <laughs> She's so bad. <laughs> He's
1: flirting with him all oh, the oh, time. No,
0: constantly, constantly, it's, 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 she can't not. She can't not. And then there's um, there's um, Elena, the teenage daughter who is played by Isabel Gomez, who is just fabulous. I mean, she just gets better and better with each passing episode. And then and, and in the second season, she really sort of comes into her own. Right. And then there is, um, oh, Dr. Dr. Uh,
1: and he's always just called Doc in the show. Well, you
0: know, he's always called Doc. Steven who who's just wonderful. And he's he becomes her boyfriend, kind of. Yeah. I mean, let's call it her chaste boyfriend. <laughs> and he, she's always turning him on. He's going crazy.
1: He says, he says You can call me Leslie. And she, and she says, says oh, Why would I do that? That's you know, a woman's name. Like- <laughs>
0: You remember, so <laughs> yeah. you remember my lines better because yeah. you've done less episodes than I have. That's Why true. would I do that's that? Ah, that's a woman's name. <laughs> oh God, Great she's character. terrible. She's so blunt. And the son, Alex, is played by Marcel Ruiz, and he's Puerto Rican, by the way. Oh. She, the, the daughter, is Colombiana. and uh, that's Marcel Ruiz, who plays Alex. And then, of course, this spectacular. Actress, comedian Justina Machado, who is, I, I, she never stops to amaze me. She is probably one of the best acting partners I've ever had in my experience. Really? Oh, really, really. I, I don't say that lightly, but she knocks me out, and I will use every opportunity whenever I can to talk about her and her great, great talent. And I mean, this is a, a a couple of Emmys waiting to happen. That's, that's the way I see it. This woman is insanely crazy talented. She can be very funny and make you pee. <laughs> and then she, she it, on a dime, she can make you weep. And that, that, you know that's, that's not an easy kind of talent. It's a very rare kind of talent, and I respect and admire her and don't think I haven't learned things well. from her as an actress.
1: You're listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. We're in the studio with Rita Moreno. Let's play another clip.
0: Okay. Yes. Why did you take one for the team? Ay, por el amor de Dios, it so. oh, is so hot. What's that the baseball game? The baseball game. Okay, let's eat. Okay, okay the uh, rice and the frijoles are in the pickle jar. Oh. And the lechon is in the butter tub. The cookies are in the cookie tin, but they are not the same cookies that
1: came with the tin. <laughs> I think that those are kind of things that, that are so familiar to Latino oh, families of any culture. Of right? course.
0: Every, you save up all of those tuperware things. <laughs> you save up all of those plastic things so you don't have to buy any because that costs money. But the other thing that you kind of miss because you're not seeing it right now is when she's saying she's hot, Lidia, and she's opening a <laughs> bottle of, of uh, ron, and she's... She's, you know she's, she's, she's tapping herself She's tapping herself with some rum to cool off a little. <laughs> oh, it's so hot.
1: <laughs> See that's what I mean like the cultural nuances yeah. of the show and the and and it, the show doesn't make a big deal of it. No, it's just no, no, part no, it's in of passing. The flow. It's
0: part of the scene and you laugh at it or you don't and that's okay too. But you are you are amused. You don't have to laugh out loud to be amused by something
1: and a lot of the cultural nuances and some not so nuanced for example the in the first season it's a run up to uh, a quinceañera right for elena right and at first she doesn't want to do it uh,
0: no because she's she's a she's a
1: elena, elena's character oh she's marvelous she's uh, a liberated
0: a, young girl there you go. a teenager there you go. she's liberated and she criticizes everything she doesn't like anything and she has a huge vocabulary which drives everyone crazy, especially Abuelita, who just thinks she's a snot nose. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always, there's always a tension between uh, the grandmother and, and, uh, and uh, Elena because one finds the other just—one is sort of knee-deep in another time, and the other is knee-deep in, in, in nonsense.
1: And the special parts, the touching parts, the poignant parts, are when the two meet.
0: Oh, and that's so wonderful, aren't they? Yeah. When, when um, Elena says to Grandma, you know, he's wearing makeup. My God, you know, it's oh. so phony and this and that. It's phony, 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 phony. And and uh, Lydia takes that very much to heart because it's her grandchild. And, you know, as much as they are always at loggerheads, she also adores her her grandchild. She loves her. And one night she comes in and and Elena says, "You're not wearing makeup." Well, I wanted to show you that you know that, that it, what's important is the person underneath the makeup. Blah 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 blah. And the scene and it's very touching. And I did not wear makeup. But <laughs> at the end of the scene, the child Elena, the grandchild, says, "Wait a minute, <laughs> are you wearing mascara?" No, no. <laughs> and she runs out of the room and slams the door.
1: The poignant with the the comedy.
0: But that's how they do yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, there right there is the secret of how they do that because it's almost tear-making when she talks about how it, it was so important for her, the grandmother, to always look beautiful for her husband. That's from another time. Sure. That's from my time, actually.
1: I have to say that I think that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on television.
0: Really? Think, Why?
1: Because... For you as an actress, uh, as a public persona, to do that scene without makeup and to let everybody see you. And I really did. Right. And to let everybody see you, mm-hmm. I mean, without makeup, if that's something very, very private, especially for a certain generation, that's very, very private. And for for you a to person share who, that, who
0: to, for some people, is iconic, right? it's like, oh my God, right. mira Rita Moreno, no Usando makeup,
1: It's, it was, I just thought, I just thought it was brave. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, just also showed a vulnerability, but also it, it so effectively made the point, like you said, it's not all this, it's on the outside, it's what's on the inside. And, and the lesson that it taught the teenage girl mm-hmm. and the people watching. So let's play another clip, but it takes uh, a little setup.
0: And it it's when we realize when we accepted, have accepted the fact that uh, uh, my grandchild Elena is gay. That's been accepted now. And uh, there's a young girl who comes to the uh, to our apartment, and uh, Elena gets a rather a sweet gleam in her eye, and the girl leaves. I think somebody has a crush on. Danny, no I don't I don't even know her You have a crush on her No, no, no When it comes to detecting romance I am like Cousin Orencio At the beach with his metal detector So you found nothing And you're sweating through your shirt Don't be bashful I think it is fantastic to be young and in love and to flirt. And by the way, I can teach you things because your flirting is de madre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, that particular scene goes back to the uh, the comedic writing and your comedic timing. And I want to ask you about that. <laughs> I want to ask you about that because you're, you're on fire on, on the show. Your comedic... Chops are as strong as ever, if not strongest, because your timing, the lines they write for you, your facial expressions, your body movements—it's a physical comedy, it's a cerebral comedy, and it's a cultural comedy. That line, because you're flirting, is de madre. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to get that, but even if you don't, but no, understand but you know, it, you
0: know why they get it? Because my voice changes, right? Because they say because. Your flirting thing is the madre. <laughs> you do. I do that a lot with with Lydia. Her voice, her tones, change a lot, and a lot of the laugh lines come from going down here. Huh? Oh, really? Right. Really? You know, think. <laughs> oh, do you think so? It's a lot. It's very vocal, and it's all about tones.
1: You mentioned before we started the show that the, the group of writers includes Latinos, includes LGBTQ. There's a lot of different... The
0: world is in that writer's room. And obviously the LGBTQ people are pretty young. And uh, they are usually the best writers for the young people. Not always, because the, the older writers... also. Yeah, they're very hip people. My God, they're so hip. And, the, you know, you as a writer, you have to be up on stuff. You know, stuff that I never, I never heard of my life of, uh, of, uh, what is it, chat, snap? Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> I never heard of it. So mispronouncing was really easy. You know, chap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> or snot. I don't know what I said. Oh, and I know what they said. And I said, well, she said, well, I don't want to like to use chap, snap. And I said, well, use the uh, twat. do you remember that she actually says you start and and her daughter says uh mom i i don't think that's what you mean i know what i'm in i know what i'm in (laughs) i love doing her what's not to love she's hilarious
1: the other part that i enjoy is the the cultural touchings right the one scene where you wake up in the morning, you have your pajamas on, mm-hmm. and you have, you're in your room se- se- separated by a curtain, mm-hmm. and uh, it starts with, it sounds like some old... Celia movie. Cruz. Celia Cruz, right. And then you get up and you dance your way into the kitchen. To cook. To for cook the breakfast, breakfast for everybody. I know. Th- those kind of things, I think, set the show off as That's well. her
0: alarm, by the way. I don't think anybody knows that. The reason you hear that music is it's her radio alarm. You're kidding. And she plays. That's what it's supposed to be. Ah. And that's why you hear the music and why she's dancing to it.
1: Any idea who selects that music?
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Gloria. Gloria loves that stuff. And uh, there may be other people in the room who, who select, but they're all younger.
1: Now, let's play another clip, and this one takes some setup, too. This is... The same episode as the baseball game. You guys are coming back from the baseball game.
0: And he doesn't want to be called by that baby name anymore. And
1: it's also a point where, when if you're watching the show, you can see Alex physically change from...
0: From season one. From
1: season one. For sure. So this is the scene in the living room.
0: I don't know what's gotten into Alex. He must just be tired. No, no, Lupita. I know what this is. Papito is making the turn. turn from beautiful boy to horrible teenager
1: (laughs) ah dear our sweet little Alejandro (sighs) where did the tiempo go
0: R.I.P. papito he's not dead isn't he though (laughs) I love that I just love that because, you know, she really, she has a mad crush on her on her grandson. That's just, you know, par for the course.
1: That's one of the things I want to ask you about, too, in Lydia's character. When Elena asks, do I have a nickname? And Lydia says, no. And it's played to a dramatic effect, but that's shutting her out in a way.
0: It is. She's mean to her sometimes because the child is so bloody smart. And, and, and I think Lydia's jealous of her. She's envious of, of the the way she speaks English and all that kind of stuff and all her philosophy and stuff. And some of it comes out of, I think, out of pure jealousy. So she has to put her down in some way. And so there's that,
1: that little chink in her armor, but also there's an episode where race comes up. Mm-hmm. And she's insistent that um, the Cuban heritage that they share is Cuban, is European, and not necessarily black.
0: Oh, she, would, absolutely, I, I was, honestly, I was so thrilled when uh, we find that uh, Lydia is not more than a little bit racist, because she's talking about, but, you know, she's whispering in the ear of um, of the boy, I believe. Alex. Yeah, Alex, that, uh, you, well, you know, we're all, we all come from from Spain, and, you know, Spain people, Spanish people have fair skin. And then her daughter Penelope says, "Oh come on, mommy, you know very well that we come in all colors, all come on, all colors," and and uh, Lydia responds with, uh, "Oh yes, but we're mostly white," <laughs> and it's funny, but it makes a point. Right. And that whole episode is about about bias, racial bias, and the fact that Elena doesn't get the brunt of that kind of bias because she's fair, and her brother. Is a kind of copper color, right. and and uh, and we find out, to uh, maybe a little bit of our dismay, that uh, the uh, the the abuela would much prefer to be thought of as white, and I think that's very important because this exists all the time. It's
1: something that's not seen or very rarely portrayed in the never. A, you rarely, rarely, show.
0: rarely see that. Rarely and i think it's very important that that's included in uh, in our series but you know we don't leave anything yeah. out damn there's, we have such um, great writers th- th- and th- a great supervisor who is norman dear
1: so just so that people will, will know what to expect but not giving anything away you deal yeah. with veterans issues because penelope the mom is a, veteran, a, a an afghan for, veteran Afghanistan, yeah so there's some veterans a show about veterans issues there's show about uh, immigration and a deportation that takes a dramatic turn in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's LGBTQ issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's issues with the young son as he's coming of age. Uh, age issues with citizenship. Citizenship. I
0: mean, we, 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 we really deal with real life issues and then we make them outrageously funny and deeply, deeply, profoundly touching sometimes.
1: You're listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. We're in the studio today with Rita Moreno.
0: Now, listen, one of my big shocks when I did the first season was the third episode, which remains one of my favorites. And by the way, I think Norman Lear's also When We Take On Whether God Exists or Not. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. That was astonishing. And I remember reading that script, turning the pages and saying, Oh my God, I'm so happy to be with a place like Netflix where you can do this. One of us probably doesn't believe in God. The other one says, absolutely. And the mother is the one who says, you know, her her room is filled with pictures of the Pope and all kinds of stuff. And and Justina says, well, I'm not so sure that I believe. And uh, her mother, my character says, well, I do and I'll tell you why because every single day that you were in Afghanistan, I was at church every day. And she says at the end of the speech, I don't remember it, but she says, he saved you because I begged him. I begged him, and it's very moving. And that doesn't necessarily convince Penelope, but Penelope understands that you have to give people their due. And if they believe what they don't believe, it's not for you to judge. I mean, it's just an astonishing episode. and It was our just our third.
1: Right. Let's talk about accents, because obviously you're talking to me right now. You don't have an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lydia does.
0: Yeah. My mom had.
1: An accent like that in, in comedy and in sitcoms literally goes back to the invention of sitcoms with I Love Lucy and Desi Arnaz's portrayal of Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Because he used that accent to... Comedic genius,
0: not on, but he not only used it. He's he's read He spoke that, was, that way. That was
1: his real. That was his voice. Accents are are a funny thing in comedy because if a non Latino does it, there's a lot of room to be offended.
0: Yeah, the, and the, they're legitimately. And
1: yeah. where do you see that line? How is it that you, as a Latina, can do an accent and it's used to comedic and effect? get
0: get away with it, uh, which is what you're really saying, right? right? Well. um... I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know how to answer that. I have heard American people do fantastic Puerto Rican accents or Cuban accents. On the other hand, I heard one of my favorite actors, Al Pacino, murder the Cuban accent. What was that, Scarface? Scarface. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: It's a curious thing. It really is. It's
0: a very curious thing. And you can take it, uh, you can be insulted by it, particularly when it's being used for comedic purposes. And uh, I, I, don't, I really don't know how to explain that. I don't know how you can get away with it and not get away with You know, I, I see that people know that I am Hispanic and that it's something that comes naturally to me, something I know extremely well. because, And they know, most of them know that my mommy talked like that. Sure. But, I mean, she used to say things that were just hilarious.
1: Can I play you my favorite Rita Moreno accent scene? Oh,
0: absolutely. I ha have- <laughs>
1: Your character from that the it, film The Ritz, Googie it, Gomez. Which
0: I did on Broadway. Yes. That came because Terence McNally, the, the Broadway playwright, saw me do that song with that accent at a party. And he just thought it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen, and then I did something else for him. I did the Player King speech from Hamlet with the accent. I mean, which is very funny. It's like Big eh, the bitch I you That's supposed to be his speech. <laughs> As I put on the <laughs> and it's a lot. Mostly, it's about it's about attitude, sure. because she, Googie Gomez took herself so seriously. And things like, from the char, sav gichigume, Hiawatha. And it was just, it makes me laugh. I used to make, I still make myself laugh when I do that. It's very exaggerated, and it could be certainly termed as insulting, but I, it makes me laugh. It's kill me, sue me. It's funny. <laughs> it is you know, funny. like certain Yiddish accents are extremely sure. funny. sure.
1: Accents mm-hmm. in general, yeah. So we've talked about the show Uh, one day at a time. But I have to ask you about the recent announcement that Steven Spielberg's company is gonna remake West Side Story.
0: You know my reaction. I know you want to say, so what do you think? Yes. And my reaction is this, I'm very excited by it and I'm scared to death. I am very nervous about it. Uh, I love his work. I think he's a brilliant director. Here's the thing. If it's going to be a contemporary version of West Side Story, you're going to have to have rap. And if you're going to have rap, what does that do to the songs? Do they use the songs? Do they not use the songs? And what, in fact, if you do rap, are you going to do about the dances? Because then the dances, the choreography has to change too. It may be a completely new uh, uh, West Side Story. And in a way, I almost hope it is because I don't want anybody messing with that spectacular choreography. And, And yes, it had a lot of corny stuff that really needed help then. Things that made me angry and that were wrong and the makeup, you know, we were all one color and that kind of stuff. But it depends on what they're after and I cannot even begin to imagine. I'm dying to know.
1: I think we all are.
0: Yeah. That's hope.
1: Okay. I've sat here for um, over 40 minutes Mm -hmm. sitting across from you. So, uh, can I have a fanboy moment? Yeah, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say I'm going to speak for an entire generation of Latino baby boomers who have been enthralled by Rita Moreno. Your beauty, your grace, your humor, your screen presence, and your joy it has always been such an inspiration for me and so many others. So I want to take this opportunity while sitting across from you to thank you for all of your work, your sacrifices, the way you've stood up for us, the way you celebrate our co- collective Latino cultures in your life, in your work. Thank you. Oh, you're
0: going to make me cry. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the love. Thank you. And thank
1: you for being an All latino Thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime, for any reason or for no reason.
0: Thank you.
1: I want to remind our listeners to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We are NPR's Alt Latino. I'm a very happy and emotional Felix Contreras. You've been listening to Alt Latino. Thank you for listening. Is it possible to engineer our way out of the climate crisis? Some entrepreneurs want to shoot particles into the stratosphere to combat global warming. Experts say regulations on this technology aren't keeping up. The world of solar geoengineering on the latest episode of The Sunday Story from NPR's Up First
0: podcast. Support for NPR and the following message come from NYU Stern. Their executive MBA program provides the support you need to take that next great leap. Classes held one Friday, Saturday, Sunday a month in downtown D.C. Search NYU Stern EMBA in D.C.